time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, everybody listening, to episode 30 of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I am Matt Chewy, and with us today we have Ryan Davis. Hey! Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Going great. Sean Davis. What's up? I'm here. He is here. And Vince Rizzo, how you doing? I exist today. You exist. Now, Vince, let me ask you. Um, I don't feel like I got enough out of my uh, free uh, Make Fun of Vince pass from the last episode. <laughs> Have you seen tonight's movie? Guess what, guys? I actually saw it. I, I I went and I saw this movie. Paige was there. She can vouch for me that I did, in fact, witness this feature film. Paige can vouch for you? Well, she is your wife. I mean, that's she's kind of one of her jobs, whether you saw it or not, right? No, she kind of has not. to vouch for it. Oh. <laughs> it's not her job, and she does not try to make it her job <laughs> well i don't know if you threw it in there but what what is that movie tonight that we are talking about that you did actually see we're gonna see no i saw it okay so <laughs> what we're gonna Uh-oh. talk about what we're gonna talk about tonight is us oh the right us we are talking about us and what what that what tell us a little bit more about that movie what is it all right well this is a story all about how Someone's All right, got... before we talk about us, <laughs> let's take this opportunity. <laughs> uh, we don't have Chris Schmidt here tonight, uh, but we did have a, a special bonus episode that we released a few days ago. Uh, Chris and special guest Aaron Ruiz talk uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, if you played Kingdom Hearts 3, they do a uh, <clears throat> a deep dive on it. So uh, did anybody get that? Ryan, Sean? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of Kingdom Hearts talk. So uh, go check out the last episode if you're interested in that. Uh, but before we get into our main conversation, um, now okay, now look, we Vince Vince proposed. Hey, how you been? Is the name of this topic? Yeah. But we did get a bid for uh, Chunk Fire Stories on Facebook. <laughs> Dang, All right, well, we need really more votes before we can reach a final conclusion. Should we post a Google Doc or should we make a decision between the two? Because those are the only two that we have any kind of like consensus on. Well, does anyone else have any other ideas? No. About a a chunk fire episode? What? (laughs) Ryan, are you Ryan? Ryan, what are you? What are you doing right now? What What are are we doing? What is what is this thing that I'm recording voice on? (laughs) Ryan, are you playing with Legos? (laughs) Should I put the Legos down? You sure the Lego sound? No. We're deciding on the segment <coughs> that we talk about what we've been up to, whether it should be called Chunk Fire Stories or Hey, How You Been? Oh. Do you have, um, do you have an opinion on the topic? Let's try out the Chunk Fire Stories. Okay. Let's try it out. Do we have to decide right now? Okay, here's here's how we start this. this. Right. Tonight on a new episode of Chunk Fire Stories, Matt Chewy asks Sean Davis, Hey, how you been? <laughs> well, gather around, you children, around the, can- <laughs> the Chunk Fire, and I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Uh, good. Um, I, I went skiing this last weekend. I, well, I actually went snowboarding. The snowboarding is way cooler than skiing. That's it what is. all the kids do. That's a fact. Um, what, snowboarding? But yeah, super fun. Friends, uh, every year I go out, um, to Denver and snowboard with some friends and fall down the mountain repeatedly and <laughs> do my best of causing internal bleeding. So that, oh. that I'm alive still. And don't have any broken bones. 
Well, I know you had a good time because I saw your uh, I saw your Venmo status updates, and I went, "Oh, Sean's posting some funny Venmos, and he's spending money, so he's on vacation." Spending a lot of money. It's expensive to go skiing. You know, lift tickets. How? You know, like the Nordic sports are all like rich white people sports. Yeah, it's because yeah. lift tickets are freaking ridiculous, and so are skis yeah. and snowboards and everything. Yeah, <sighs> but it's still fun. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah that was great i did that and then what else um i saw a thing oh i saw i've been watching or i watched that that anthology series on netflix love death and robots has anyone else watched any of that oh I no but i just found out about that and it looks fun i think is it fun yes i'd say fun's a pretty accurate descriptor it it's hit and miss but luckily they're all pretty short so the ones that suck you're like oh that was just like 10 minutes Mm. you know it didn't cost me much of my life um but there's some in there that are really and well i will say this most all of them have really interesting animation styles even the ones i don't like i still kind of appreciate the animation i don't know if you guys felt hmm. ryan or okay. vince have you did you say you hadn't started it yet either vince? no i haven't i had and i'd heard yeah, mixed things originally yeah. i it the, the concept uh, interested me but then i heard some negative feedback so i kind of put it further down on my list of things oh yeah i mean they're definitely not all winners that's for sure but there's some in there that i genuinely like a lot and like i said there's i don't know i kind of found something in most of them even if it was just the animation so i'll give that a check you know and like i said they're all like the longest one's 15 minutes some of them are like less than 10 minutes so okay it's not like it's a huge investment either like if you have a couple minutes free time I'd, i'd recommend checking out and they have you know like some recognizable voice actors they get for episodes here and there, so it's it's cool, it's fun, it's a fun robot. You like if you like robots, you like who likes I like robots? robots? I like love, love theoretically, and death is. A, I, I don't maybe we don't like death, but cancels the love out. So now you just get robots. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, just robots. I'll take it. I'll take it too. Take <laughs> what we can get. And, and then I've been playing this game. Came out I think a week ago last week. This um, little puzzle game called Baba is You. Has anyone heard of that game? I have heard of it. I think I might even have it in my wish list, but I don't know. And I think I did probably just added it on a impulse. Uh, Is this like I'm Baby? I am Groot. Uh, it's I don't know what I am Baby is. You know, I'm. You don't know the meme? I'm Baby. Oh, I don't know. All right, never mind. No, Look Ryan, it up. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. No, I only am snowboard cool. Not what these meme kids are talking about. Um, well, I am. Or Baba is you is. Well, Ryan, I know, remembers um, Lolo, that old NES game that we had. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And Chewy, I think you did too, because I think we... Oh, yeah, because we, we bought that weird bootleg retro console yes. and played it at your parents' house, and I played <laughs> Lolo for like four hours. <laughs> yeah. I think I even I think I might have even finished it. I, think, I yeah, love I that remember, game. I remember watching it, and you got hooked on it, and I think you were telling me you were playing it even when you weren't hanging out. I could be wrong. But... I was. I, I put it... I got a, I got a ROM for it. That's right. That's right. You got it. Anyway. I was playing it on my yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Lolo. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So the closest thing I could kind of... You compare it to uh, Baba is You is Lolo, but imagine like Lolo, like where it's a grid kind of based adventure puzzle kind of game. Um, but where part of the game is you constantly redefining the rules of the game in the game itself. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of yeah. it's hard to describe. But sounds like, like a lot of game there. It's, so it's like a, not even like really program, not not that complicated, but basically parts of the puzzle or the you know the game world and the environment are like little words referencing the game world. So let's say there's a rock and a door and a lava pit. In the game world, there'll be a word that says rock, and you could push this word around and you could put it next to verbs, and then you could put it next to modifiers. So it says rock is stop. 
You can't you can't do anything. This rock's gonna stop you. But if you put it next to rock is move, you can move the rock around. But if you Whoa. put it next to let's say you put it next to lava, um, and then or or lava is move. Now you can move the lava around instead of it killing you. Or you could turn yourself into the rock and move around. And like it, it like it's you just gotta play it. It's real. It's real addictive. It's the you know like Lolo one screen puzzle things, and they're just. Really, you feel so smart like when you figure out one of those really tricky ones. It's really I love fun. those games like where that or Portal or where yes, you walk into the yes, room yes. and you just you part of playing part of the process of playing is just staring at the screen, <laughs> not <laughs> yes. moving. The screen is just sitting there, yeah. you're not moving the camera or anything. Yeah. You're just staring at it for 15 minutes and go, ah, okay, I know what to do now. Exactly, that's such a satisfying gameplay experience. And they and they <laughs> they do a couple some good, good quality of life things where. They have a reverse button where it's not – you could restart the level, obviously. But you you could just move back a couple spaces. So, like, a lot of those games, like Portal or Lolo or whatever, right? You make a mistake and, like, ah, I know what I got to do. And you got to restart the whole level again to do it. But this, yeah. you just, like, rewind it a couple moves and, like, ah, now I don't have to start, like, play through this whole thing again. I just rewind it oh, a couple things. That's so, kind of nice. Yeah. So, stuff yeah. like that. But um, highly recommend. Super fun. Uh, it's relatively I – I know it's on Switch. I, I haven't been playing on Steam, but it would be perfect for Switch. I just had some credit on Steam, so I got it on PC. But what's what's it called again? Baba is you. Yeah, I'm gonna see if it's on Switch because man, I was, I've been looking through. And Switch has quite a library on their yeah. their store. So All right. so that's what I've been up to. Fun times at the El Royale. Cool. Why don't you ask somebody? Hey, okay. how they been? Hey, hey, <laughs> how you been, Vince? I mean, chunk fire bending. <laughs> what are we, what are we, what's don't, it called? No, don't worry about it. Tell us about poop on the floor again. <laughs> Not again. Okay, good. What's up? How? What's going on? Well, let's see. Um, I just had. I just went to a ramen place and just just now, but I didn't get ramen. I got some pork fried rice and it was delicious. Ooh, that does sound good. Live your dreams. I love. I lived my dreams. It that was doesn't good. actually sound good. Well, it was you know I had ten minutes left in happy hour, so I got all the all the food that was marked down, and it was the best decision of my life. Good. Man, you made the best decision of your life on this very evening. Yeah. So we were to talk live about your it. best life, Vince. You live picked a good life. time to ask me how have I been because I just made the best decision apparently. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I have a big uh, disc golf tournament coming up uh, day after tomorrow that I've been training for. Oh, yeah, up in my neck of the woods, right? Yeah, it'll be right next to your house. It'll be three good. days. You can come abduct me and we'll get some food. Yeah, we can get um, some TJ tacos. Those are delicious. Great, we can do that. Okay. Is there a cash prize for this? Disc there golf is tournament? a cash prize. If I if I play well, then I will win hundreds of dollars, maybe <gasps> thousands. Who knows? How many tacos could you buy with that? A, a lot. I could <laughs> pretty much buy the whole place. <laughs> Still not enough to sate my hunger. No, it's not. Man, right. those tacos. That one that you got that was all buttery. It was the best. The buttery? Taco. A buttery taco? No, it's, it's the buche. It's the pork. pork oh. so it's, uh, I think, but the, they cook, they marinate it really juicy, and it tastes very buttery. Oh, okay. That's yeah, good. that one's good. Um, but other than that, I've just been, you know, working like crazy. And then, uh, let's see. Well, my kids have been getting up at like three or four in the morning. Hmm. And pooping and on the floor? Like, like just what? No, 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 no more pooping on the floor. Thank Ooh. goodness. Yeah, they've upgraded to. This well, is the I don't know if, best time of your life. I don't know if I'd call this an upgrade, but they wake up at four in the morning, and it's not like 
they like slowly wake up like they're fully awake at 4 a.m and i don't know how they happen to get to this state in their life but i'm not fully awake so my goal is to still sleep while having two (laughs) fully awake children who are asking me for things that's what that's the system my wife uses on me I feel like that's just the future of hum- the system for humanity. Like, yeah. is there anyone that will turn that down? <laughs> uh, I'd get paid in chicken nuggets if they would pay me in that. <laughs> I mean, cut out the middleman. The cash is just going <laughs> to turn into nuggets anyway. We know what this is. Well, they're also dinosaur chicken nuggets. So. <laughs> the, pur- oh the purple box ones from Costco? That's the one. Oh, oh those are the, that's the pinnacle. That you know is they're the... on sale right now on coupon? They're like I four bucks that. off. So boy, boy, get oh yourself boy. some dinosaurs. I haven't had those. I, I like the Foster Farms kind. They're not in any um, reptilian shapes, but they taste still good. No, nah, you got to get those chicken ones in the purple box. Vince, did I tell you I renewed my Costco card? I might have in the last episode. I just It's just a big deal in my life. <laughs> oh, wait. How long ago did you get it? Oh, a few couple weeks ago. Two, three Man. weeks ago. Well, welcome, yeah. to, welcome to the club. I feel back in the family I had been kicked from. <laughs> Are you an executive member? No, I said don't upsell me. I just want to get in the building. What does okay. executive membership even give you? Oh wait, let me explain. So I don't know if you guys actually <laughs> this know is this. Important. So I got promoted. Well, it's not really a promotion. It was more of a lateral move. But I'm now the uh, the membership supervisor. So I'd be able to answer all of your membership questions, Chewy. Oh, I have oh, so man. many. Maybe we could have a bonus episode where you just describe yeah. the Costco memberships. Sure. Okay, look, I only got two questions for you. All right. Can I can I buy stuff at Costco? With whatever card I have. Yes. Can I can I get hot dogs at the food court? You could even do that without a membership. De- depending on the Costco, right? Yeah, I mean, my Costco, the food court's outside. So but, you if, could... but if it's inside, you need to either sneak in or have a card, right? Yeah, exactly. But I have a card, so I'm covered no matter what, right? Yeah, you are. All right, those are the only questions I had. Wait, Vince, but can I buy something from the food court if I don't have a, a card? Like, if it's able to get in otherwise? I mean, they would probably ask you for your card at the door, but you could just be like, "I want to buy alcohol," and they have to let me in. Sure, or you could just that... like not not respond to them and just you know pretend they don't exist, which is what ninety percent of the human race does to Costco employees. So, <laughs> did you know in Colorado the state law is that if you you could only sell alcohol from one of your branches in the entire state, or in, I guess in the city or the county or something like that. By which huh. I mean that only one Costco in all of Denver sells alcohol because yeah. could, a liquor license only counts for the like one location. You wow. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's really weird. silly. Hmm. It is silly. Yep. I think yeah. in Utah they can they can't sell alcohol of or beer over like three percent alcohol content. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. So that's just water if it's three yeah. percent. I mean, mouthwash which is weird because you, you'll find like a stone or you know a familiar brand and like oh it's the stone IPA isn't this like a six percenter but then you'll look on the can and they brewed a special batch or or whatever that's only three well, percent it's Utah really weird. branch yeah they got their market interesting yeah Jesus that's terrible all right where uh, Chewy you need to be an executive member you're gonna be getting two percent cash back in all your purchases look I went there the other day and I got a hot dog <laughs> and a soda for a dollar fifty. That's uh, the... Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get this back on track. That's Vince, the best yeah. deal ever, by the way. <laughs> it, it, look, no, for less than four dollars, I think you can get a slice of pepperoni pizza, a hot giant hot dog, and a, a refillable soda. That shouldn't be legal, but you know, there you, we go. When, there we are. Yeah, and the slice of pizza Canada, is like t- two big slices. The only 
thing that I could afford was because they they everything is expensive in Canada. Food was like thirty percent more expensive. But I lived across the street from a Costco, and they still had a toonie for a hot dog and a drink for a toonie, which is like a two dollar coin. They call them toonies, mm-hmm. and I would just keep my soda cup and then I would go down every day and <laughs> fill it at the soda machine. Sean, it was the greatest. <laughs> you remind me of every old person that has to use one of the electric carts. <laughs> but I wasn't really. Oh no, Sean, you've employees. become what you hate. <laughs> I know. Where I was. It's Where okay. I now hate? You're a yeah. starving artist in college. It's okay. I, Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, going to allow it for that acceptable. period of your life. Uh, Vince, you got anything else to share? Um, let's see. <laughs> sounds, sounds, like, sounds like you don't. Nah, not really. I've been ta- I'm on some new meds. That's fun. Why don't you go ahead and ask someone else how they can do it? <laughs> hey, anybody else on meds? Oh, boy. Hey, Ryan. Ooh. Let me tell you about all the meds I'm on right now. Uh, I assume you're asking me how what I've been up to. Hey, Ryan, what's the scuttlebutt? Oh, let me tell you what the scuttlebutt is. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, so a while back, I forgot to mention it. I finished this show. Did I mention it? Dollhouse. Are you guys familiar with the show? I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that I had watched. No, it. not not Russian Doll. Oh, Dollhouse. sorry. No, you mean the Joss Whedon one? Yes. Oh, I have not watched that. No, I know. Yeah. What it is um, like. some friends uh insisted that I watch it because I have mixed feelings on Joss Whedon, and they're like, "No, this show is the show that will convince you he is worthy of his praise." And it did not convince me of such. Um, but I will say it was well ahead of its time. Uh, it I can't necessarily recommend it because it is sort of a long show. Because back in the 90s, or actually this is early 2000s, shows actually did f- act, you know full seasons. Um, so you know we're looking at 24 yeah. episodes per you know that kind of thing versus the the eight or ten we get nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it is what it is. Uh, it's but it's an interesting show because if you watch it now, you're like, whoa, this show was like 15 years ahead of Westworld. Uh, the, you know, it did a mm. lot of things that Westworld's trying to do right now, and honestly, I think they did some of those things better. Mm. In terms of showmaking, it's it's what you expect. It's not good, um, <laughs> but it's still interesting because uh, yeah, it has a lot of concepts that we're tackling. I think right now in in show making and movie making, so it's I don't know. I think it's worth it for that to see how the direction they took things, and a lot of shows I think probably took nods from it potentially. That's a, it was only okay. on for like two or three seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has a lot of familiar faces that you're like, oh wow, this person was in it. Like uh, Patton Oswalt was in it uh, for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, this, anyway, it's it's an interesting show. Um, since you guys mentioned, uh, emulators, uh, Chewie, you're saying how you're playing Lolo or we were playing it. Uh, we, re- me and my roommates recently downloaded a, uh, N64 emulator and I've been playing that. Um, cause I was trying to get R64 to work, but oh, yeah, you had mentioned the games you were trying to find. Yeah. And I think it works, but we, I couldn't find like all our golden, you know, like yeah. uh, GoldenEye and Star Fox. So we just did it on an emulator and actually works really well, except that, we're playing with a PlayStation controller, so it's kind of goofy. Oh, yeah. So hmm. anyway, I ordered um, some adapters for 64 controllers to USB. So we're going to see how that works. If that, yeah, if that's that works fine. Out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's... It's, it's, if it works out, we should, you should, we should all play. You know, I think all of our cartridges are all mixed around from that time when yeah. I brought that bootleg console over. And then stuff got moved in the garage and upstairs uh, and back oh, to sound. Yeah. I think all so of I, our I, cartridges are all mixed up. 
that's probably what it was because I, I couldn't find those games and so i was like where, where are these i know we have all these games so okay that may that's probably what happened then all right at some point all the three of us need to go over to your parents house and just like look around and repool them and yeah. split, split yeah. them back up because they're Get all organized and yeah. Yeah. same with like the genesis some of the genesis games and stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. same yeah. thing i have all the cases for them on my shelf so i know which ones i are mine but anyway that's a project okay. for the future what else yeah. have you been up to uh ryan uh, so not too much. I did. I did watch randomly this movie called the Stanford prison prison experiment on Netflix. Mm. It was this experiment done in the seventies where they just took a bunch of students, threw them in a prison and told them this is a simulation. Like half of them were guards, half were prisoners or something like that. And they said, and they just kind of let them go and see mm. what happens. And it was kind of horrific because it turned out exactly like a real prison would turn out. Like the guards assumed this position of authority and abused their authority. And the guard and the, and the inmates assumed, you know, positions of rebelliousness and violence. And anyway, this whole other thing. And um, every, I think every person in the movie, I recognize like he was some, he's like currently some adolescent or not adolescent, but early twenties, maybe like actor that you'd recognize from something or other. And they're all the kind of actors that you like. Some, like, why do I want to punch this person in the face? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Peter Every from one of Hunger them. Games. Even though I actually like Josh H- Hudson, whatever his name is. Um, but uh, something about his face. Hutchinson. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. They're just punchable faces. It's yeah, they just have punchable faces. Pete so I had a very little sympathy for the inmates, anyway. Um, oh. But it's an interesting film. Uh, other than that, I think that's, that's about it. I haven't really been up to too much other than those things. All right, then. Matt, what about you? Have you been watching and playing and reading and singing and listening? I have, I have some uh, devastating news, some uh, oh. true, ad- true adversity that I'm facing right now. Um, so I was getting ready to send my, my PlayStation in to get it repaired, and you you told me that I should get yes. my ba- my data backed up. Looking through it today, I all of my data is gone already. It's all it's all it's all been disappeared. What? Oh, no. I think I think at some point, and I'm ha- this was a while ago, but I think I might have done a like a reformat or some kind of system no. restore on there and i'm missing all of my saved data so uh yeah this is truly the the biggest that's adversity like, i've ever i've that's ever like my I mean, biggest fear i have nightmares of well yeah. uh, here's the Chewy, thing i have now you know my pain no, i was about no. to say this might be vince getting revenge hey uh vince i want to know i want you to know that i knew that you were about to say that um also <laughs> every time you bring it up i care less and less about it. in fact if i could go back in time I would let I would give it back to you with your data. Let you get to the end of the game, steal it, and then delete it. All right. I want you to know the fact that you are on the deco tree like dr- drives my spite for the situation every time you bring it up more and more. Wait, that's uh, all. That's the only. That's as far as you were, Vince. Yeah, he was I, on the great deco tree. Oh well, then I yeah, never mind. Yeah, Vince, you you have really uh, oversold also, this. Also, yeah, this was a game that Vince played during his childhood. Spider Man is a game I put a lot of a lot of hours into. I was eighty percent on my well, I was on say, my save file. Was it just Spider Man? Did you lose anything else? I mean, it still sucks if you have just Spider Man, but did you lose anything else? I lost Horizon, which I was maybe ten hours into, but I hadn't played it in so long that I was going to yeah. maybe restart it. And then uh, I lost Arkham uh, Arkham Knight, but and mm. I, I had I had basically finished Arkham Knight except for some of the DLC, so. I'm 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 really only bummed about Spider-Man and I'm kind of devastated about it because like I don't want to st- like yeah. I don't want to start over but I mean I have all these uh, these new Switch games and like also I have there's there's two Raider games I haven't played yet so I think I'll probably 
I probably will go back and, yeah, and grind through Spider Man. Pro- probably not for a few months, but I'm I'm just like really bummed about it, you know. But, yeah, that sucks. But did you, check, the... did you do you have PlayStation Plus? No, I, I've never had PlayStation Plus. Uh, I was so. gonna say, busy. Yeah. There's cloud saves, and sometimes they automatically back up. But if you don't yeah. even have it, it won't. Yeah, and I investigated. I tried lots of things, but yeah, it's gone. It's gone. But uh, on the upside, I've been playing a game on the Switch called Snake Pass. Um, it's an in, it's an indie game. I had it on my Steam wish list for a really long time, but it never seemed to go down on sale. Like, there's a point for certain types of games where it has to go below a certain point on sale for me to pick it up. Um, and then Switch had it for like seven bucks on sale, so I fi- finally am like, all right, awesome, I can play this game. But are you guys familiar with Snake Pass at all? Yeah, I'm familiar mm-hmm. with that. I've never played it, but it's the one where it's it's all it's the weird control physics controls where you're controlling a snake and you're having to like navigate a 3D platforming world. Yeah, uh, that channel, uh, Game Maker's Toolkit, the one that you yeah. recommended, mm-hmm. Mark Mark Brown, he had it, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before that the game came out, but he had it as like one of his game of the years, Yeah, at, which was I thought was a really weird choice, because it's just this weird indie game that like kind of got mixed reviews. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's about the controls, like just trying to figure out how to make a snake move around, you know, in an environment. Like... There's a button that is go forward, but if, if you try to go straight, you'll lose momentum because snakes have to, like, go side to side. And, yeah. you know, the way that you wrap around things, it's like the game itself is really simple. Just collect all the things, but you have to figure out how to do it as a snake in a weird jungle gym type thing. So that's pretty fun. Um, that I'm really sounds enjoy- amazing. Yeah, it's a good time. And it's got, like, N64 aesthetic, like, kind of like Banjo-Kazooie. Like, everything's kind of bright and happy and cartoony. So, like... It, hmm. I mean, for Vince, for you in particular, because that's your that was your nostalgic console, probably. Yeah, and yeah. You I mean, we're a snake, and you're a snake, and you're a snakey guy, so yeah. I, you would probably enjoy it. Um, so I've been playing that, um, and then uh, uh, maybe I put together a list of movies from the last few years that I missed in theaters, just because I don't work at the movie theater anymore, so I don't see everything. And there was like a we got a good list of like ten to. A dozen or so movies um so last night we started working through and we saw uh sorry to bother you um which oh, awesome that was that. not what i was expecting it to be i mean sean hasn't seen it yeah, so no i won't spoilers, get into to I details where did you where did you watch it is it streaming anywhere yeah it was on hulu it's on okay. hulu yeah which one is that again i actually put on the list i went i went through and organized it based on which streaming services they're on and which ones i have to rent right. so i i can send that to you if you want yeah um no. Sorry to bother you is the one with telemarketing and the guy from uh, Atlanta is in it. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to say anything more than that because it gets wacky. So, um, but yeah, that one's a good one. Um, so we have a, some movies we're working through. And then finally, we act, we found a theater that was still playing A Star is Born. And uh, we, oh. we were going to we were gonna do something else that day, but we we're like, oh, hey, this is still in theaters. So we went, it was at one of those indie theaters. Um, and it was actually A Star is Born Extended Edition. Um and I looked up, and it was basically like, okay, there's an extra song, and all the songs are like a verse longer. I'm like, okay, and it's that's it's just like an extra ten minutes because it's got more music music in it. So I'm like, cool, because I, I still hadn't seen A Star Is Born. Um, that was fun because I had never seen any version of A Star Is Born before, and Maeve, this was her, like the third or fourth one that she'd seen, so she was super familiar with the story and can talk and was able to talk, tell me about like the things that were the same between the different versions. And for me, it was completely new. Um, I personally, I loved it. <laughs> I really liked it a lot. I loved the soundtrack. Um, and I just also just being a, a, a fan of Lady Gaga, um, I, I, I liked that they 
modeled at least uh, it's hard for me to compare it to the other versions but i know that some of them are really old but it, it's inter- I, I like that they modeled after her career you know she was doing clubs and then did the piano stuff and then kind of transitioned into the pop thing so i like that they you know they seems like they did a good job updating it from what i can tell again because i haven't seen the older versions but um but yeah i really like the music I had a good time get a good time watching that um and that is more or less what i've been up to i think right yeah um who hasn't who who whose turn is it? Is it Sean's turn? I Sean. Started. Hey, how you, Oh, you started. Vince went. <laughs> I, we went. I went. We've all right. told our campfire story. Alright, the hey, chunk fire stories have been dispersed. Okay, great. Well, now that all the chunk fire stories have been dispersed in a manner where we all ask each other, <laughs> Hey, how have you been? This segment has ended. Now it's on to the next now segment. That we're all on fire. So do we all <laughs> Um, we all agree the chunk fire is uh was a success yeah we agreed that it happened and uh moving on um (laughs) so it's time for the main event we're going to talk about the movie that we came here to talk about uh before we continue uh spoiler warning there will be heavy plot spoilers from here on out sean take it away cool so we're going to talk about us the jordan peele second um directorial film uh follow-up to get out from two years ago um and we're gonna try something not really different but we're gonna briefly kind of run down the movie just give you guys a brief plot synopsis um give you a little refresher and for those of you who are still listening who haven't seen the movie but have no interest in seeing the movie maybe this will give you an idea of kind of some context of what we're talking about um so anyway so us uh, starts in a flashback prologue um in the mid 80s uh a little girl her name's adelaide watching some tv hands across america she goes to the um, boardwalk in the fair um, with her parents in santa cruz she wanders off alone finds herself in a house of mirrors and some creepy weird stuff's happening and she runs into what looks like the another girl and then we cut we're now in modern day adelaide's a grown adult and she's with her family and they're driving off to a little summer vacation um they get to their house little her old um kind of like cabin some memories come back they her husband wants to go to the <clears throat> the beach at santa cruz but she doesn't want to because of you know whatever happened there um but he finally convinces her so they go to the beach and they hang out with their friends tim heidecker's there apparently <laughs> he's a normal person uh, <laughs> sort of kind of well. yeah i guess he's <laughs> He's never and, a normal person. I mean. And Elizabeth Moss, Moss is there, and they have twins. Um, but uh, but Adelaide's kind of on edge. She's she's also that's a weird relationship with Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. Um, but uh, her son goes off um, to use the restroom, and they kind of can't find him. They he sees the the mirror house, but she panics, freaks out. But they find each other, and it was just kind of a weird incident. So they go home that night. They're all kind of getting ready for bed, and she's kind of trying to to you know not freak out based on her old memories and whatever happened to her um, years ago. And her husband's trying to figure out what's going on and kind of console her. So they're going to bed, and then all of a sudden, their son says, "Hey, there's there's a family out on the porch," and they go outside, and there's just this whole bunch of weird people standing out in front of their house um so then the film kind of takes a turn and it turns into crazy town where this other family kind of comes invades that's a home invasion thing they come invade their house and they all look just like um their family counterparts and they kind of um psychologically torturing them um 
they all kind of are paired up with their own doppelgangers. Um, they all end up kind of breaking free, getting out on the lake and trying to escape. We cut to the Tim Heidecker family who gets massacred by their doppelgangers, um, stabbed in the neck with scissors. Um, what else? They get to the Tom, Tim Heidecker house and they find the doppelganger murderers. They realize they're murderers and not their actual friends. So they try to escape. They get in their car and they don't know what's going on. They The next morning, they get to the Santa Cruz boardwalk and everything is just massacred. The entire you know, city is just dead people everywhere. Things are on fire. Um, and they... The main Adelaide confronts her, the main doppelganger. Her name is Red. And she finds out that um, there's been this underground civilization of weird puppet people that have been um, in America for decades. Some weird experiment where all of these, the soul has been split. I won't, I don't know exactly. We'll, we'll discuss all that <laughs> we aspect. Need to, we need it. to talk about that stuff. Yeah. But, but anyway, so you find out there's this puppet people and this is the, this is the puppet people's rebellion. They're rising up to come to the surface and they're killing all of their counterparts. That's what's been happening. So that's, um, she finds that out. She, the, the doppelganger kidnaps her son, takes her down to the basement. She goes after her and they have this big fight. She ends up killing um, her doppelganger and rescuing her son. They come back out to the surface and and are safe, although the world is in – apparently it's taken over now by just weird puppet people who are have scissors and red, uh, orange jumpsuits. Um, and that's pretty much the movie. And then there's one final little twist, but Let's talk about that I almost later. <laughs> don't know if I want to talk about the summary because we'll get to that later. Let's talk about that later because I have a yeah. lot of thoughts about the so, twist. So – yeah. Anyways, that's the movie, though. So there you go. Maybe a little longer than um, I was thinking, but uh, shorter next time. Shorter next time, but okay. I feel like I covered all the important things. Yeah. Anyways, that is us. So, what did we think of us? Um, hey, Vince, why don't you start since you have seen this movie? I totally Allegedly. have seen this movie. <laughs> um, okay. Initial I, reactions. I thought that it was it was a. a a fun time at the movies. I was engaged throughout the entire thing. I think I would have actually liked if it explained less about the universe that it created because I actually think that it maybe gave me too much information to where I was like, oh, okay. Uh, All right. And I just felt like it was maybe, I don't know, I think this was one of those movies where if things were less explained, I think I would have actually been, like enjoyed it more, more if it was more ambiguous about what it was trying yeah. to do. Yeah, I think I, I would have saying. enjoyed it more. Cool. But overall, good time at the movie. Overall, like very, it was fun. It was fun being in a packed theater on a Friday night seeing this movie. Oh, I cool. bet, yeah. Uh, Chewie, what you, what's your thought? Uh, well, um, well, I think it was excellently made, um, and this is going into it with high expectations based on Jordan Peele's last horror movie, which I didn't have any expectations for. So unfair for this movie to have such high expectations, but I think for the most part, it was really well made. Uh, Pacing, the acting were fantastic. I found this movie to be frustrating at times. Um, I think uh, some of that is fair criticism. Some of it isn't. I think the second act of the movie falls victim to a lot of um, tropes that I see in common home invasion movies. And uh, with horror movies, I've always been less invested with home invasion movies than like something supernatural because there's always a part of me that's just like it. 
uh, it's another person just fight them like <laughs> throw something at them and in a movie where it's literally doppelgangers i'm sitting there screaming at the screen it's literally the same amount of muscle mass on the other side of that coffee table just run up and kick them in the head you, you know what i mean or like yeah, no. the yeah. whole or the whole idea like everything's a weapon like you're literally holding a weapon right now or they handcuffed you to a one inch piece of wood that's not very hard you know like in home invasion movies i think one of the few that i can think of in recent history was your next where it yep. didn't do that because i because I felt like the characters were... Whoa, yeah. And, and, and that was another thing with Get Out, is that, like, by the end, I'm like, oh, yes, good, you're making the right decisions. Um, I think that this movie rectified some of those problems from the second act later on by explaining why it made those choices. Um, so, ultimately, it didn't really detract too much from the movie, because later on, when they started making smart decisions, I went, okay, yeah, cool. Um, and then, we'll talk about the twist, but I'm really mixed on how I feel about the twist. I think, thematically, it works if we talk about just kind of the deeper meanings behind this yeah. movie, um, but logistically and like maybe what Vince was talking about, about like the rules and like yeah. the logistics of this universe, like logistically and story arc wise and pretty much in every other way, the twist doesn't not work for me. So I'm, I'm really mixed on kind of the end note of the movie. I, I kind of, I kind of left the movie going, uh, eh, all right. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, uh cool. Uh, Ryan, how, how about you? How, what you? How'd you feel? Um, yeah, I liked it. Overall, I thought it was well-made. Uh, very entertaining movie. Um, I share some of your frustrations, Matt, uh, about the film itself. And I think I'm... I best can uh, digest the movie by splitting out the how versus the what. I think there's a lot to unpack in the what of the film, what was the movie saying? Mm -hmm. What was the movie itself? And then how it went about doing it. And I think the how is where I got more frustrated. And I, I hope we get enough opportunity today to kind of split those apart and dissect them. Um, because I, I, yeah, like I said, I have some frustrations and I'm not invested in the home invasion movies. I don't really like those. And some of the logistics of the film, I think is where the movie gets bogged down in. And I think by separating the two, I can actually enjoy the movie more because without getting the movie, it, it, you, you're going to get dragged down if you try to figure out what happens in this movie yeah. versus just understanding what the movie's saying. Right, right. So well, I think that with that understanding, I'm coming to appreciate the movie more and more um, as time goes by since I've seen it. Right. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're probably on, this, on a, in a similar place. Uh, we, all, we all shared our initial reactions. Um, or Sean, I'll, I'll, I'll say my reaction. Yes, say what you say. My I mean, reaction was the summary. That's how I reacted to the film. I just <laughs> you understood I just what happened in the playing movie. it in my mind over <laughs> and over. Um, I think I uh, agree with aspects of what every one of you said. Um, different things. I definitely liked it a lot. I completely understand some of your frustrations, though, with the how what you're talking about, Ryan. Um, For me, also, I struggled with the ending, and I go back and forth about how I feel about the ending. Um, I think also they did explain too much, like you're saying, Vince. Mm -hmm. Um, I think to me, like, as much as as like I like Get Out, I think it was harder to separate what the movie was about than um, from what it from the plot itself, right? Because they were a little bit more intertwined with what the film was saying and what was happening in the film. Whereas in this, they are, I think, separated enough that you can just right. watch the film and it could just be, this is a thriller 
whatever slasher right. kind of movie. Yeah. Um, you don't have to look at it at the any other level besides that, and it still makes you know, quote unquote, perfect sense, right? Um, yeah. But I agree that I the what I enjoy most about it is looking at those other layers. So, right. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, overall, I did. I still really enjoyed it, though. I, I I I and I go back and forth. What if I liked it more net less than Get Out? And I don't necessarily. I don't know why. I think we always tend to like we have to compare a yeah. person's work with itself or their other works all the time. I'm not sure why, but um, I don't have yeah. a good answer for that right now, though. But. Yeah, and I'm trying to. I I came into this episode with the idea that we would probably do that, so I'm, I'm trying yeah. to keep that to a minimum. I mean, it's they okay. Are, they are very. I'm just curious. Yeah. Different movies, but uh. Yeah. But yeah, there are some things that are worth comparing. Um, but uh, did you have any talking points for specific plot details that you wanted to open up or? So there's a couple things. One, so I guess let me ask you guys this, and maybe even to an extent, get out. This is a quote-unquote scary movie. How much were you guys actually scared by this movie, though? Like, and I don't mean if you're not, I'm. Uh, it's not a criticism per se. I guess what I'm saying is I was. I wasn't really ever scared in the same way like Conjuring or I don't know what another right. like a like a thriller where I'm on my edge and I don't want to look. There wasn't any of that moment for me, and I, and I'm not trying to criticize it because I think it was still really good. There were just creepy ideas and mm-hmm. creepy moments, but the, similar to Get Out, there wasn't a time where I was like frightened. Well, I'll I'll say that um, there are certain things that scare me in horror movies, no matter what. And one of them is when the camera's too close to the mm-hmm. the character, because I'm like, just pull the camera out. I need to see what's yeah. behind me. I need to see yeah. what's in the hallway to the right. Pull the pull the dang cam- and and they did a good amount of those in this movie. So and there's a couple other things that are blanking right now, but there's a few other horror movie tricks that no, no matter what, if they put it in a horror movie, it's gonna it's gonna scare me. But I would say that for the most of this movie, I was more stressed out. Yeah, like I, it yeah. was more of an anxiety than a scared, especially when I'm like, like I'm sitting there and someone's chasing someone, and I'm like, okay, 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 good, you knocked over the bookcase, okay, good, all right, you know, and it's like the, I'm sitting there just like, come on, just do do the smart thing right now, right? Like yeah. that that's kind of how I was feeling. So I was engaged, but I wasn't engaged in a like I'm actively frightened type for the most part. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's kind of what I was getting at is that yeah, I wasn't as like frightened. That I think he has a really good um, eye. Actually, I don't know, maybe it was whoever the director of photography was, but of setting up like set, uh, for shot composition on really like creepy images that stay with you. Like the the thing that kind of got me the most was the first time you see the family in the driveway. Mm-hmm. That shot of them just standing there, like that was the creepiest thing in the whole film. And I won't even say that was scary. It was again just more creepy. It it's unsettling unsettling yeah perfect yeah. exactly and it was the same thing from get out the scariest moment for me or the most is when the guy's just running at the camera <laughs> like again it's just unsettling it's just these images right, yeah. and ideas themselves that are unsettling and then the rest of the film is stressful and and it's thrilling but it's not the same as scary i guess is what i'm saying and i think for me anyways in this film in particular is i i think one reason that i wasn't quite as engaged on that kind of scary level is because to me they didn't really establish the threat early enough mm-hmm. does anyone because the the family invades you get a sense of okay obviously this, this is weird and creepy but they don't show anyone die and as much as that is a trope like you see someone get killed early in a scary movie 
that's kind of there for a reason, right? Because you know yeah. that these guys it's are gonna, like. So the whole time I was like, are these? Are they actually even going to kill them? It seems like they don't really want to kill them. Maybe yeah. it's not. You know what I mean? Does anyone it was that, confusing. that way? Especially with yeah. how they so matter of factly just annihilate the whole other family. Exactly. Right. Right. And and that's going to start getting into a little bit of the plot elements because Red makes a lot. Says yeah. a line about I'm gonna let I'm gonna drag this out or something like right. that. Right. I, I kind um, of wanted it to be. I wish they showed the Tim Heidecker family getting murdered before it because that's not till way later. Yeah, and, that's you know what I mean. Like to establish the threat early on. I don't right. know. Like it's kind of maybe rearrange some of that. It, yeah, it, it does. In, in fact, as I'm, I mean, this is not too relevant, but it actually because of that made me think that the movie was a very different movie until about halfway through. I was thinking that this mm. film was about actually mental health and because like this is occurring in her mind and the consequences of not treating mental illness drags her entire family down or some weird i don't know Mm. that was where i was thinking this is going because it shows us the flashbacks of her having a traumatized childhood um anyway because i didn't think this threat was real i took it as a metaphor Mm. um the entire thing in fact until until you reach a point of no return like oh nope this is uh this is no longer a metaphor uh tim heidecker is dead um uh but anyway i, I want to make a comment on sean your question about the the scariness of the yeah. film uh, did you guys watch this in a full theater because i feel like that always impacts my experience it was a uh, it was an eight o'clock on a sunday night so it was decently attended but not like packed yeah mine was full okay. Mine Which actually, I think, awful. makes it less scary. It does, and that's what I'm getting at, Vince. Mine was a packed theater, a very active crowd, in that they were into it, not that they were being obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and that, to me, I always I love that about going to see uh, opening theater, especially for like a Marvel film, right? Just the mm-hmm. energy in the, in the theater, and for a th- and it had been a long time, I think, once or since I've seen a scary movie at all, and then certainly since I've seen it in the theater. So um, probably Get Out was the last one. Uh, But anyway, uh, so my theater was very active and very fun, and it does tone down the scariness of it, but in a way enhances it because everyone reacts to it. And what I think he, uh, Jordan Peele does so well is bringing you to the edge of suspense or uh, tension or stress and then throwing in humor, right? And then that humor makes you actually laugh more, right? Because your emotions are just at this yeah. heightened state. And by throwing in the humor, you you even if it wasn't funny, you you need to laugh. Yeah, right? you get to come down you, a bit, and then it exactly. resets you for the next one. You're not just at the you don't become exactly. desensitized to being at that heightened state. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, it's a, a, a perfect um, like roller coaster of a film in terms of just up and down emotions yeah. and keeping you on the edge of your seat. So in that regard, I, I, yeah, I don't know if I could really say it was horrifying uh, scariness, mm-hmm. but it definitely was probably a more emotional, emotional meaning, scary, hmm. funny, da, 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 than it is. Yeah. Yeah. I see um, that. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, uh, to kind of elaborate Matt on what you're saying about how, you know, your, your, your stress and there's anxiety, I think because um, I was analyzing the film, right? Because you were kind of like we're trying to piece it together, right? There's this yeah. extra level of of stress, maybe because there's a mental or you know cognitive part of it rather than just a visceral side, and I think that adds to the anxiety. Um, and Sean, to your point about why do we need to compare this to like you know 
another past work, yeah. I, I think is, it informs our viewing experience. Um, yeah. I mean, a movie should stand on its own. And I think it's hard to not do that. Uh, but I think because we know Get Out was a well-crafted film, a well-thought-out film, and there was metaphor and uh, a deeper meaning, we are looking for that in this film. At least I was. Yeah. Um, and That's so it. trying to piece that together, I think that adds this another layer to the film that you wouldn't get from another film, right? So I, yeah. those are just my thoughts in terms of like a more visceral or uh, emotional reaction to the film, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, do you want to, you, do you guys feel like talking about some of the deeper meanings that this is framed against or Sean, did you have any other, other talking points? No, I mean, I mean, we'll just go with the flow that, yeah. So that's, I, I was going to say, so getting into some of that, the more kind of symbolic stuff or what you guys felt the film was about. And I think there's a couple of different ways you you could go about this, but what were your thoughts on like, yeah, as if we said get out had, you know, a deeper meaning that was more entwined with the plot itself. Yeah. And this one, I think we all can agree was a little bit more separated, but I think yes. in some ways it was even more um, heavy handed is not the right word, but uh, just like, seeped in every aspect of it right well i you know get out is kind of you know about complex race relations i thought this movie was more about like social class relations and divide that that kind of thing because um well for one the the hands across america framing device that the movie was set up like that was an effort to stop like that, that was like to fight like poverty and homelessness i think right Mm -hmm. so there's already it's already very heavy-handedly establishing hey this is going to be about like wealth inequality. But I think the idea that like there's this underground sect of people that are living in the exact same country that in the movie literally look like us, but figuratively they're basically, they're all, everybody's people. Everybody's the same. There doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't make anyone inherently better or worse than anyone else. It's just that like some people were fortunate to be born above the ground and some people were unfortunate to be born underground and it has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with what kind of people they are it's just the circumstances you win the lottery you get born in a upper class family or you get born into poverty or whatever so i think that is like the framing device and i think that the the, the kind of we're all the same so why do we get all bogged up into that which leads into why i'm really mixed about the ending of the movie um so when you guys are ready to talk about the twist let me know because i want to come back to that so, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely picked up on some of the class stuff. For me, it was, there was those elements, but I think I was, so I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think maybe this is the best film about Trump's America that I've seen. And 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 it didn't even say or mention anything about our current political climate. But I think to me, that's what the film was about. Um, it was essentially about this idea that, you know, it's easy to call the other side, you know, someone else, whether that yeah. we politically or whatever it is, as these monsters, as someone we don't have to deal with. They're not us or, you know, right. They're yeah, someone yeah. else. They're them. And yeah. I think in a lot of ways, like like I was saying earlier, to me, there was so much of this. Every aspect of that kind of fed into this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is because it was no mistake that I think it started in the 80s. And I think in a lot of ways, our current political climate can be found the seeds of that were in the 80s this idea of extreme capitalism on one hand where we're just about more 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 but we're also having hands across america where this is this dichotomy where it's just like this contradiction and we're somehow we're like there's a schism not in 
not just in terms of class, but just in terms of our identity as a country. We're just getting to these extremes. And I think that's kind of what the film is about is that the people who are on the other side aren't anyone else. They're us. They're just the people who have embraced this extreme negativity. Um, and I mean, obviously the film is seeped in, you know, motifs of reflection and, you know, um, right. you know, inverse inversions of things and stuff. Um, but I think to me, that's ultimately kind of what was about. And this idea that the negativity and the schism is less about, um, you know, these arbitrary rules and it's more about nature versus nurture. Right. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I think that last twist of the film why I go back and forth because I initially did not like it. And then I thought about it. I kind of liked it. Then I did not like it. Yeah. And now I kind of rest on where I kind of like it. And I think it's because to me anyways, it's, it's, it's making a statement about nature versus nurture. And if you nurture the hatred, if you nurture these extreme ideas of separate, separating the country into different, you know, compartments, then you will become that monster. But if you nurture the, the humanity, the good side or whatever, then right. that's who you will be. And so I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'm reaching. I'm sure I am in a lot of ways, but that's kind of what the film was about. I actually me. don't think you're reaching at all. I think I think that everything in the movie kind of points to that. And, and to some, someone mentioned maybe a little heavy-handedly. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I want to re- go back based on what you just said, um, because, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of things. But how earlier somebody was mentioning that, I think it might have been you, about how if we had seen them kill... Uh, Tim Heidecker's family earlier to establish mm-hmm. the threat, right? Well, yeah. But again, that kind of goes against the theme of the movie, right? The fact that they aren't these monsters; we're just seeing them as the other, right? And yeah. maybe it's to the movie's strength that they keep it ambiguous as to how dangerous they really are, because really they are a family unit. So, like, and and if we're playing trying to play into that theme, then it gets a little messy because we start running into the problems of do we establish the threat, the tone early, so that when they show up we're scared or are we trying to make the theme happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I get what you're saying too, just about prolonging the mystery because there is a definitely tension and, you know, of not knowing as well, like, are they there to kill them? Are they not? And so there is that dramatic tension for sure. I guess to me, it was just an issue is that when they do finally just show up and slaughter the, the other family, it's like it, it was like, oh, okay, that's all they are doing anyway. Right. You, do you know what I'm saying? That like, oh, it wasn't really building to anything. They were just doing what we kind of suspected they were doing anyway. So mm-hmm. why didn't they just show us earlier to establish that threat? Anyway, that I mean, that's just my thought yeah. process in terms of that. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know, Vince or Ryan, any thoughts on just kind of like some of the meanings and some other stuff you picked up on besides the straight up plot? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um. And yeah, this Sean, you touched on. You both have said things that I yeah, right, right on par for what I was thinking. And but Sean, you mentioned kind of like the tethering of of the tools used to implement uh, the meaning and how they're disconnected more so in this mm-hmm. film than in Get Out. And that's that's kind of what I was getting at when I my first opening statement about how versus what. Um, mm-hmm. That we I think we can that is the film is better understood separating the two because yeah, what this film is trying yeah. to say and then how they got there are like two very different things because you're right. Jordan, I did read one little article thingamajiggy that Jordan Peele was like, yeah, he just, he just uh, flooded this thing with meaning upon meaning upon like hidden yeah. little objects in the background. What did this mean? If you watch it again, you'll notice like all these little hidden gems. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah. 
he he even said that he watched you know he's a he's a big fan of the movie the shining and that film is like frame by frame you can find different little hidden things Mm -hmm. everywhere um and that that's certainly true in this film as well um so just focusing on the what right now i guess is is yeah just the uh, us versus them obviously you know that's i think that's pretty clear and just the idea of otherness and Mm -hmm. the increasing division in in our country and it's interesting that we call it you know trump's america because i i more see trump as a a symptom but he you know he kind of gets but it's still fitting right the 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 title is still fitting i think for our era Um, in time you know Exactly. And yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Um, and and we haven't really touched on the end just yet, but I think one point about that end is that you know why we have conflicted uh, uh, feelings um, more so than thoughts. I think for me about mm-hmm. that ending is because I think that twist is is put in intentionally to confuse us. And and by confusion I don't again I don't mean mentally or like cognitively, I mean more emotionally. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's 100% intentional because it kind of the whole film we were we were in this us versus them mentality, but when that is thrown out the window by the twist, we we start to question, well, yeah, what like you're saying, uh, you know, nature versus nurture is one way to put it, but um why do we treat these people as as others are right. are they mm-hmm. different from us um it, it does that have meaning does that have any real meaning that should you know dictate our actions or treatment of them well i think uh unless you guys have any objections i think we should talk about it because i think we yeah. i'll keep avoiding yeah. it um sure so well, one thing i wanted to mention real oh, quick too yeah um well just kind of in that context is i, I one thing it, it was i think i liked it but there was kind of like two twists, right? It, it, the first <laughs> twist wasn't really a twist, but it was the second act turning point where you're just like, ah, okay, this is what's going on, right? Can and you... that's normally where like the big surprise or the big revelation. And so there was still that aspect of the film, can, can which you tell fits me a more structural. Yeah, just when you find out about the whole experiment and the, there's a whole under sure. like, okay. a whole world okay. like that. That and then alone, like let's say there wasn't the final movie twist, we would be referring to that as the big kind of like oh surprisey thing, I right? Yes, sure. but the movies did start with a prologue tag that said in America there are hundreds of the secret well, tunnels that we don't know what they're for. Okay, gotcha movie. There's going to be a secret tunnel thing at the end. Well, yeah, I suppose. I got, I mean, I, I, I don't. Hilarious I, though. It's just a random fact that they had in there. And like, There's no tunnels. In and this never movie. comes up. <laughs> it never comes up again. I guess what I mean is just like you. I don't. I wasn't for seeing an entire underground society of puppet people. To me, that is kind of a, like whoa. Okay, it's a big underground. Like I was thinking, okay, maybe there's this family is living underground, or it's a weird thing. Like. But, oh, it's the entire country, and they're all weird experiment puppet people. Like, to me, that was somewhat surprising. <laughs> okay. Also, I think it's funny, Sean, you keep calling them puppet people. Well, even though, like, every conversation I've had about this movie is, like, the tethered and... Oh, I've, know, I've the... always been calling them the mole people. <laughs> <laughs> what, Vince, what do you call them? Um, Frank and George. Um, all of them. Individuals. Every single one. They both have two names. They all have two names, Frank and George. Rabbit Anyways, my, so, so my point in being is that... When we talk about the twist twist, we're referring to the basically the last shot of the film, right? Or the last minute or two of the film. Okay, you... well, let's be specific. So uh, here's what I'm going to say I think you're referring to. That that Adelaide this entire yes. time was, in fact, a mole person. Yes. And, or yes. Frank and George. She was or, a mole, per- she was a mole person. Puppet people. Yeah. The one that we thought was regular was a mole person because yes. the old swapperoo happened off screen. Yes. Which, okay, but... the thing is, to me, like, that's kind of the, like... 
we all were expecting that, right? I'm not, sure. I wasn't not surprised. Not ex- yeah, like yeah, it's I wasn't, not a surprise. Like, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. But but Sean, it, it, there's this other theory going on, on the internet. So now, if you say the twist, is I don't know if you guys are aware of this, that there's a kind of a working theory that the boy is also a people a puppet person, more person. I don't know if you're aware of this theory, but well, I, I don't find a lot theory. of credence in it. But I would, I would I mean, actually just... like to bring it up because I don't know if you guys have thought about it. Well, and there's a couple other. But the things, boy yeah. went in fire. I I want to well, I, I want to humor yeah. that, but I kind of also don't. I kind of want to put it on the sh- like put a pin in that for right now, just because I think that's going to complicate our. Yeah, yeah. No, that, let's just fine. talk about the the normal. <laughs> the... Yeah, that's... yeah. That's why I want to. That's why I was, I'm just only bringing yeah. that up. Yeah, to... we'll come back to that because yeah. I am not well, familiar I, with it. I'm so. curious. Just take a brief moment to discuss the most frustrating part of the entire film. I guess is it on topic? We're trying to build <laughs> to something here. It's it's going to be a, a three second. Okay, go ahead. Okay, do you remember when the girl is on top of the moving car and she's stabbing it, and then they slam on the brakes, and then she flies into the forest, and then the mom decides to get out of the car by herself <laughs> and go into the forest. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing ever, and I don't understand <laughs> okay. why she did All that. Right. That was the dumbest thing in the movie in the most recent five minutes, up until that had happened. Uh, anyway, that was the second act that yeah. frustrated me. We a lot. Could, we'll we'll anyway, go back to anyway. some other frustrating. Yeah, we'll get back anyway, to that. So, so old Swaparoo happened for Adelaide. We've been with the we've been with the doppelganger this entire time, which means that as from childhood, the doppelganger grew up with the normal family. The original Adelaide grew up in the in the bunk in the bunker. Okay, I have to, I have to shelve that for a second though. So, so I, I, I was initially really upset by that twist because it felt like a now, yeah. you, now you see me twist because exactly. uh, because I was, I, was I, I immediately I know it's a good twist if it's a good twist because everything clicks into place right and I mm-hmm. and this one I immediately started running like virus scans you know like do you guys do that yeah. I'm like wait yeah. okay let me think about the entire movie does that make yeah. sense like and oh no totally and and I was yeah. like well for one thing. That opens up a lot of logical questions about how the bunker worked, the who was right. ru- who was running it, um, how did they get access to all those pairs of scissors? Did they had someone who ran okay. up to the you know you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. it, it opens up all these stupid questions that I sh- shouldn't be answering. It's like Wreck It Ralph uh, level. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. So Matt, I'm so glad you brought that up. And that is that exact long sentence you just said is exactly why I have to separate the how versus the what. Yes, because exactly. If I start trying to give logistics to this film it, it doesn't make any sense right it, 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 it on a on a pure logic you know humans can't teleport <laughs> right level of exactly sense. and legos can't travel through time right basically. so so we're there right and i'm asking all these logical questions about like okay how did that actually make sense right then i st- this then this is where i arrived i went okay but actually for real though how does this matter Right. Because right. if you have these two girls who are switched at, let's say they were eight years old, I don't know how old they were. Right. And now they're in the thirties, probably close to 40. Right. So they've lived most of their lives in their new environment. And from the way the movie establishes it, their memories have been repressed or at least the, what used to be doppelganger Adelaide, but is now real Adelaide. Right. She had mm-hmm. repressed memories for a while. It's implied in the movies that she forgot that she was a mole person. Right. So mm-hmm. if both of these people grew up in their new environments and don't really remember their life before the swap happened, how does that affect anything? Yeah. They are basically those characters now, right? So Exa- yeah, exactly. So I then I started really questioning like, okay, it really did start feeling like a um like a t- okay, do you guys this is a really strange example. Do you guys remember Days of Future Past? Right? Uh-huh. And at the end at the Days of Future Past had this whole like 
is fate. Can we control fate or are some things written, right? And they had this mm-hmm. really uh, cool opportunity to say, okay, Mystique stopped the president from getting shot, but Logan was always destined to end up in Weapon X by um, by a general Stri- general uh, guy. I can't remember his name right now. Stryker. Stryker, right? So that was supposed to be the twist. Like, uh-oh, Stryker still got Wolverine. He's still going to make him into a Weapon X. And then Stryker's eyes turned into Mystique. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and they never follow, up and they that. never follow up on it, and it's because I'm sure someone at the studio went, well, people don't know Striker well enough, but they know when Yellow Eyes happen, it's Mystique, and they know that'll mean something, right? And that's that's where I started getting to with this twist with this movie. I went, this is just a dumb thing they threw in at the end, right? And, well, it reminds me, or like the Paranormal Activity, where the she turns into a monster at the end because people want to see a monster at the end, right? Um, and and that so yeah. Then I went on another journey, but that's kind of where on day one, that's where I ended up with this movie. But after a few days, I started thinking about it and I started coming around, and I want to pass the buck because I've been talking for a while. Well, so let me, I guess, I this is pretty much exactly how I felt after I saw it the first time. And I, my comparison to you stole my comparison to now you see me. Cause that's exactly what I thought. But then I did same thing. I thought about it like, well, what she lived her whole life is it. And that's where I'm kind of getting the nature version. Sure. But you know what? To, so to counter that and why I kind of now like it right. is it wrote to compare it to another movie, which I really like. And I really like the ending of was annihilation. Did you, any of you see annihilation? Uh, that's on my list. I yes. put together. I haven't seen it. So yet. I'll try not to get into spoilers or anything to you, but at the very last shot, if you've seen annihilation, you, you know what I'm talking about, Ryan, I think, right? Yes. Right. Yep. And all these people on the internet are all these people. What does that mean? What does that mean? And they are missing the point. It doesn't mean anything. That's the whole point of the film. She is not that. Or is it, the whole point of the film is that she has been chained, you know, like, you, right? And that's what I got from this ending is that it doesn't matter that she was and, where, wherever she was because she has been brought up. She has been nurtured in an environment where she is a normal person. She is just like everyone else. Exactly. And that's where I eventually landed where thematically it's great. For the, for the yeah. idea that they're trying to push with this movie, if we're to go the the thematic ideas that we all kind of talked about, if, mm-hmm. if that's what mm-hmm. the deeper meanings are in this movie, the decision to go, you know what, actually nothing does change from this because they're the same, yeah. fits perfectly. But structurally, character arc-wise, every other way, it, yeah. it's a mess. It's a, it, it, I can't not think about it in those terms. So Yeah, like, the, I, I was trying to think in, like, th- things I could try to explain away... And some things you kind of can, but other things are harder mm-hmm. to. <laughs> yeah. I think um, one of the reasons why this movie is also maybe getting like the the praise that it's getting and maybe people aren't addressing these kind of ideas as much is just the genre that it's in as well. I feel like, like these kind of like logistical things are kind of more forgiven in horror films just because like... The bar is low. The bar yeah. is lower in terms There's of the plot needing up. to make total and complete sense. Well, I don't know about that because I'm I, I was like looking at Interstellar and that's seen as like this epic great movie. But if you actually look at the logics of it, like it nothing makes sense. That <laughs> there's no science in that movie. They just did it because it was cool. Fair enough. But I'm not it's saying pretty that cool though. Interstellar. It is cool. <laughs> and us are the same. Yep, yeah, it's, called, it's called an analogy. <laughs> is it like poetry? <laughs> yeah. It, it, right. <laughs> Um, well, I guess some of the, so kind of going into some of the plot stuff that don't make sense. I, I say we, let, let's talk about it. I don't know sure, why, why would we not talk about why not? it, let's do but it. also going into some of the home invasion stuff that you were mentioning that frustrated you earlier, Chewie. Oh I yeah. Think we could kind of 
discuss some of that stuff too because I also felt frustrated some of the stuff, especially things and and nor, and I I I think I've become better at not getting bogged down on trivial plot quote unquote plot holes because ultimately I do think that those aren't that important. And I said sure. this last episode, unless they are distracting. And it's not just a plot hole, but just character motivations of, wait, why is this character doing this? Right. This doesn't make sense in the context of this scene or what we've known this character. And that's where I get bogged, more bogged down. But yeah, things like she just bolted herself to a coffee table. Is that coffee table bolted into the ground? Just move away. Like you know, Also, like, that coffee table like is that. probably light enough to pick up with you. <laughs> that too. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, it's the logistics of, like I said... It's really hard for me, to, like a slasher movie, to like just to not just go, yeah, but that's a guy, and that's just some human being, and you're that also, mm-hmm. and there's probably more of you than there are the one murderer. Now, in this case, they were equally matched. I feel like, okay, if we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this properly, I feel like the the doppelganger dad, and maybe the doppelganger daughter pose the biggest threat. But I feel like you know if they they got they got pretty bad vibes about the whole situation pretty early on in the scenario like mm-hmm. if for one they couldn't get to the car which if you have a car you have the ultimate weapon for one thing if they couldn't make it to the car which was closer to the house than the family was like you should be able to yeah. like just get the drop on them like you literally have a house full of things to fight with that it, it's and they're the same as you you know take out yeah. the dad and then go one by one it, it, there are literally scenes where they're just sitting next to each other and any anyone at any point in time can just lean over and make a move and the situation's over that stuff frustrates me you know <clears throat> yeah no i totally get that i mean i i again i if i knew the threat i would have been like because they had the scissors mm-hmm. and so you're like okay that's scary but then they repeatedly show restraint in using him so i'm like wait are they dangerous then are like right I guess maybe that was the intent. Like, you're supposed to be not sure, and so being unsure is scary, but I would have been more scared if I knew that they were going to stab him. There were smaller Uh, things that got resolved. Like, they called the police, and they said, oh, it's going to be 15 minutes, and then, like, half an hour later, the police hadn't shown up. But then later on, they later way later on, after the second act ended, they explained, oh, there's an epidemic happening on the boardwalk. So I went, oh, okay. But at the time, I'm like, hey, yo, movie, you're doing the thing that movies do. You know, you're coming up with mm-hmm. convenient excuses to why things are the way they are. But, you know, that was only in the moment something that bothered me. But I feel like there were a lot of little things throughout that entire sequence that, like, borderlined on the I'm engaged because I'm engaged and I want to see what happened. And between, yeah. like, I'm frustrated because everybody's making stupid decisions. How come the son at the end was able to turn his doppelganger into a puppet and have him walk into the So I thought about that too. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And to me, it kind of goes back and it kind of plays into the game a little bit is that they were the youngest, right? And so they had the closest bond. They had not been separated as much as the adults. So they were, had a stronger connection and you know, there weren't the extremes in that, in in their case. That's what I took from it anyway. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that the, the right. That's the whole point of them being a, a, a tethered is that they're mimicking yeah. and and must in some fashion or another through black magic mimic their yeah. right. other tethered. Yeah. Well, Ryan, what you were saying about some of the stuff that plot wise doesn't hold up now that you know, basically, what were some of the things that you were thinking about then? Yeah, to? I mean, it's Matt. You raised some good concerns too. I, to me, it's more like okay, they they're trying to build out this world you know, this weird underground tunnel world where, and they give us some throwaway lines about some 
experiment in a lab. I mean, if you start breaking that down, none of that is going to yeah, hold Yeah, I kind of just have to go, okay, that's not important. Um, right. Take it's, it for what they say. Exactly. And, that, and that's, I think that those are the kind of things in this film where you have to kind of do some hand-waving. You really do. And just accept it. Because, you know? yeah, there's things that are, like, some of the nitpickier stuff, it's like, how do they right. reproduce? What's the chances that their doppelganger kids would have looked exactly like the... And, and, yeah. and, and again, I haven't done this very much, but we're co- going to compare it to Get Out. You know, that movie establishes very early on that there's going to be a supernatural element to the movie. And I went, mm-hmm. got it, movie. Suspending my disbelief in three, two, one. There you go. And I never yeah. knew at, at what point in this movie, how much should I suspend my disbelief and where should I do it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it kept, I wasn't yeah. sure if the movie was going to make sense of itself, you know, with this underground mole people right. laboratory plot. <clears throat> right. And, and, it, and it never really does. And I think, like I said, I think that's okay. Is this kind of like a black box? They give us a line, we believe it, we move on. Right. Um, I also have a point. Sure. Yeah. Um, or a thing. So, like, the one lady, or, like, it seemed like they were upset that they had to eat rabbit meat all the time, but the only food they'd ever eaten was rabbit meat. So what do they got to be upset about when that's all the food <laughs> Well, the little girl known? wasn't. She... Well, it, the, the actual... So, one of the things that he does pretty well, if, if you look at the film, what, the, the mother Adelaide, she doesn't... Mm. She's... Um, fruit she won't eat meat mm-hmm. um and she kind of scolds her son about his dietary habits as well and if hmm. she the way she's eating that strawberry is the way a rabbit would eat a strawberry it's like little huh. weird interesting nitpicky little things that are fun to actually like oh he actually yeah. did have a lot of care put into this film and i think he intentionally the stuff where we have to kind of black box it i think th- that's intentional too like he could have spent an extra half an hour trying to explain to us okay so there's these labs right and you know so it was this yeah. experiment and they could have spent this whole thing but do you need to as long as you know narratively the point is made i think i think you're you've done your job i, I mean for someone like me it's hard for me to even say that because i love getting into the nitty-gritty and yeah. the explanations well, and that's why I, that's why i want to counter you because you say as long as they do that, then they've done their job. I say yes to the point where they don't push me past the point where I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, and that and that that's where it varies. And sure. So yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's, that's kind of where it got for me. Yes, yeah, Vince. I was going to say, going back to what you made at the very beginning, is that you thought that they explained too much, right? And yeah. I agree. Like if like yeah. if they just had these people rise up and they're doppelgangers, and they don't offer an explanation, I would have been, I think I would have liked it more. It's like Just this notion is enough. Like, they don't, like, but but because they had, like, two lines explaining some weird science with souls, like, why did you have to... Then I have to go, hang on, tell me about the scientists, and tell me about the Yeah, like, just, like, don't tell us that at all. Tell me how they go to the bathroom. I would have lost, and Chewie, you're not going to understand this, but when they explain the smoke monster and how the whole island works, and it's like, well... That sucks. <laughs> Everybody's every single online person ever who came up with a theory came up with a better theory than this. And it's like, and this right. is what you gave us. It's like it's better when it's like we get to speculate. It's better when these discussions are had and anyone's, you know, idea could theoretically be right. And I think this film would have still worked on that base surface level, even without any explanation at all. Yeah, because, because we would have just no, like, yeah, that's weird and crazy. Oh my gosh, these weird underground crazy mole puppet people. That's I'm scared. That's enough. I don't need a line describing how they it, were part it, of an experiment. It legitimately right. makes it less terrifying when you actually know. Yeah. Like I wasn't as yeah. scared. I can't be scared when I'm confused. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess. yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that is kind of what I'm getting at in terms of, I think less, less is more, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this might be yeah. a situation where it needs to be less or it needs to be more. And I would mm-hmm. prefer less, I think, given the two options, given the two extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if it's too. more, then I feel like it's almost getting into like science fiction. Yeah, if yeah. Getting more. Which, yeah, which I do like about his kind of, you know, just two films. I do think there is a consistent, you know, brand there. Um, so I and I will say I really like it just because I I feel like it is unique enough that I can't really place it anywhere. Like, there's nothing quite, no other director or filmmaker that I feel kind of taps that slightly slightly sci-fi slash supernatural mm-hmm. but dealing with obviously you know um current events and modern ideas and themes and a basic pure right. thrilling plot yeah. right? right i think like, the, ob- the obvious connection or comparison is twilight zone right exactly um, <laughs> which is gonna be a party <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like the, there's always like a, a lot of episodes had a more than a hint i guess of sci-fi mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes yeah. with some sort of interesting uh, commentary on on society. And, yeah, you know. and they obviously rarely, if ever, offer tried to offer any sort of explanation for right. yeah whatever crazy thing was happening. Yeah, yeah. I would also like to say I think the cinematography was really good in the movie. And yeah, like, there yeah. was certainly like shots early on, like because I've been to like Santa Monica or. Not Santa, Santa Monica to Santa Cruz. I've walked around like that beach and the pier and everything, and it's like never thought that like a movie would be able to like put me like on edge about that yeah. specific area, and like the fact that it was able to. It's like, hey, I've been there, but it's like yeah. I'm now I'm gonna be creeped out when I go there. It's like, <laughs> don't yeah. go into the house and, of mirrors. Yeah, and what's great is that he does it in the daylight too, right? Yeah, yeah that's that... you never think that you'd get creeped out in the daylight walking on the <laughs> beach. I always right. think that's a good, you know, indicator of you're a good filmmaker. If you could make me creeped out in a crowded place in the middle of the day, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like um, like it follows, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, that's a good. One. I gotta um, revisit that one. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, small side thought to kind of going back into some stuff. Just questions you had. So why did you guys think like so? It implies that she had been going to that house at all her life. Why yes. all of a sudden? Do you think, and I have an answer that I am thinking of, but I don't just care what you guys think. Why was she all of a sudden freaked out when they went there this year? This time, like the film has to take place, I guess. So that's, is that the explanation or do you think there's a, I think, a reason? I think she might've been her tether, whatever that means. Uh, she might've sensed that the, the uprising was about to happen perhaps. I, yeah. I that's, the, that's what I was thinking. That was the, that was my explanation, but it was again, something that I was like, well, like yeah that's silly how could you not ask that question early especially in the first half of the film where it's like what you just mentioned you've been coming here your whole life why are you freaking out now and my only explanation is just because yeah she knew something was happening even if she didn't know yeah i did think about that or maybe they don't make it a point to go to that boardwalk maybe they're just staying at the house in the lake i'm not really sure i yeah it was a little unclear did does is it for sure that they established that they have been going to that house multiple times for a long time? Yeah, it do. is okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know then. Weird. That's that's weird. I, uh, just, I thought weird. there was a hidden gem somewhere that I was thinking about. I thought because I had the same question. I thought I had found something like she she had picked up on some clue because um, he drops a couple clues. Like there's like that homeless guy looking guy, uh-huh. yeah. and then he appears on the boardwalk. Remember that later? Yeah. But his hands are bloody because it's. 
because he's basically the first one that yeah. gets a kill, I think, is what they're trying to say. Yes. I, I think there's something like that with... I thought that was the connection, but maybe not, because I don't think she sees him. Oh, no, yeah, because yeah. she sees the kid draw that painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, but she was creeped out before that, wasn't she? Yes, she was creeped out before that, but yeah, that so creeped out that. more. Also, I no. really like that painting, how the kid drew the back of his own head or... Oh yeah, doppelganger said, right? Like I thought that those small touches, like that, to me, was like because you see kids drawing pictures all the time in scary movies yeah. and monsters and yeah. stuff. But I think that one was like, oh, that he's drawing. Like you don't see a kid draw themselves in their picture, or was he drawing himself? Maybe he was drawing his doppelganger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just like yeah. things like that where I thought were really well done. Um. Well, Ryan, what was the thing? So you were saying that there's this conspiracy twist what's yeah so, so okay so a little bit about that um i haven't read too much online to be honest with you but um i i did have a you know we do our game night on monday nights and we actually because this film was such a thing we actually committed like the first hour to just talking about it mm-hmm. um i'm not this is the only part so far that i'm repeating that are the conversation that we had but um some of the group believe that the boy was also a tethered um, I don't think that theory holds any credence personally, but there's some people in the group that thought that it had some merit. Um, and so I don't know if any of you guys had thought about that because it's, it's almost entirely based on the look he gives Adelaide at the end of the film. And, and which oh. is like, you're, you're not entirely based on that, but that's the reason for the theory. investigation, yeah. is, if that makes sense. Well, that I, um, that I implied is him acknowledging that she was she was maybe the other she was the doppelganger i don't know indeed and that's that's what i took as well well what were some um, of their, then, their arguments then um that basically like why like i'm trying to remember them now but basically that he like how would he have known like how would he have any knowledge of of their system of of anything that like to even know who she was and know what was going on hmm. um, well i mean i i think it's or, set up pretty well throughout like sorry this is just a counter to that specifically but there's i think they set up and this there's a couple beats with this where it's specifically showing the boy becoming more afraid of his mother because he thinks he's become she's becoming more like the the mm-hmm. the freaky one right yeah. so i don't think that's like like he he's aware of that i think yeah, that's the payoff for that that through line so that's what, like, anyway, continue on. But just yeah, for a small I, art. I wish I could remember that. a little more of the logistical reasons. Um, but one of the other things actually was more interesting to me, and I, I think this one I'm going to be the minority on, but what do you guys think about Adelaide? Do you think she retained the memories her entire life? Or at the end of the film, not maybe not the end of the film, but throughout the film, she, reta- she, she um, regained them? Yes. You're talking about the memories from before the swap? Yes. So when she was actually detained in the facility. In, correct. In other words, does she, remember? does she know she is a tethered? I think she was I think she had those memories repressed until the events of this film kind of reawoken those memories. And Ooh, interesting. And being Very being around her doppelganger, which would have been the original one, um, I think they had that link and I think and then I, I and I think visually the dance sequence was supposed to be like the the metaphor for oh we're reconnected and we remember each other's stuff and i think that's probably what 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 unlocked that 
the repress the press the repressed memories i'm not sure that's just my interpretation okay uh sean what do you think about that yeah i mean i guess i hadn't thought that about that specific but i think that yes she had she's she's had the memory she's always known that she's a puppet person okay so well sorry one one reason i kind of um to help explain that or kind of why i think that is Oh shoot! I'm trying to blank now. Uh, go to Vince because I have a reason for why I think that. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to counter your reason before you go to Vince because I do not could, think she did. Because if she hadn't had her memories repressed, then it's the now you oh, right. it's a now you see me situation, and we have to counter every motivation that she has throughout the entire movie. No, because but but that's why I'm saying. Whereas that she but she loved like it wasn't like she fake fell in love with that guy or fake had children. She's still. Feel like it doesn't change any of her emotional connections or relationships, even right. if she was a monster yeah. and knew she was a monster. Sure, yeah. But anyways, that what I remember now though is that she couldn't talk, right? And that wasn't that she was repressing or she was traumatized. It's because she was a puppet person and they didn't know how to talk, so it took her. Yes. she had to learn how to talk. Right. Well, and um, to me, like, right, that was, and also to me, that's it, kind it, of an indicator that she knew she just was trying. To, she just had to adapt to the new yeah, society. It, and I think it's – well, Vince, I want to hear what you're kind of saying, but I think it actually lends a little more inter- insight into the conversation of the themes of the film as well because one might say, well, how does she know that Red is coming for her? How does she know there's even another Red mm-hmm. out there other than from her strange nightmare? You know what I mean? Like she yeah. – some might say that, no, she literally knows that Red is coming for her. One day she's coming for her to take right. her place back right okay so that's i know that's something you know that's I that find is that fascinating that i is, think maybe she's subconsciously knows yeah i mean i guess that's the only way like I, I think it's either way you look at it i think that's one of the more interesting aspects of the film because i originally agreed with you matt and i think i still kind of do but after hearing other people's arguments um i was i was actually more convinced that yeah actually it kind of makes more sense that she does know well, um, I, I want to counter this. I really want to counter this because yeah, I because if she's not repressed, this goes back to a conversation we had earlier. Why would she spend her whole life going to this thing when she knows that there's some other version of her that could potentially be planning any minute now to come to the surface and take her rifle place back? Why would why would and why would she be at all confused about why she's getting the the jiblies about being at this park? You know what I mean? Like that's the whole yeah. first act and a lot of the second. Like well. I, 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 but I think that's I. To me, that lends credits to why she wants to avoid the beach so much because she knows that there's a path to her old life or what you know she was. A right, kid, but so. you would think that in that situation she wouldn't even open up the possibility. No, we're not going on vacation there. We can go on vacation. We can go to Disney World. You know what I mean? Like we're not going to that <laughs> campground because of X number of reasons I just made up that aren't a crazy doppelganger story but it doesn't matter because i don't want to go there you know what i mean like well I, she kind of yeah. did though but she did she's like we're not going there uh, like she did kind of said they, that they she, drove to the known camp- certain terms, like i do not want to go there i am not she going goes there. to the campground first before they have a conversation about whether they're going to go to the beach which is the only attraction around there anyway you know what i mean i just feel like if yeah. she knew with 100 percent certainty that there was a doppelganger underneath that boardwalk she would have tried a little bit harder to not go ever near it I don't know. I mean, I suppose, but I think you can make the argument, even if she wasn't consciously aware, she still knew something. Like, she's still afraid of that place, but she's, she, like, she still knew something went down there. Right. 
that's also a good reason not like but yeah, I, I can hear both you know sides. I, think they're both I, really... I feel like there's a similar explanation either way you look. You're at right. It. I think maybe splitting hairs, but it's just like I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, like that. I, I, I know what you mean. Um, the one, one other... thing too. Uh, well, sorry. Going back to like okay, her, I does it ever specifically? Does she, as an adult, as we see her during the film, ever specify her memory of the boardwalk? Because that would also, you know what I mean? No, like I think it's all flashbacks. How would she? Ha- it's all, yeah, flashbacks, it's all flashbacks, so, right? So it's never known, and we, you know, it's not like she could have. She has knowledge that she wouldn't have known, right? You know what I'm saying? There's nothing. I don't think amiss there, but I was thinking about that kind of stuff too. Well, boys, we got ourselves an unreliable narrator situation, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, was yeah, there something else you said? <laughs> oh, um, there's some other like interesting points. Like, uh, how, she she mentions, let's go to Mexico. Um, yeah. it's safe there or something like that and it's like well how does she know that she just these... she's just seen Terminator 2 enough times no and, and that's what I said too it's like well th- that's that's the, the trope in a movie right it's just like let's go, go to there's, a, there's a threat where we are now Mexico for some reason is safe uh, you know what I mean yeah. so it's like you could just rely on that or it could be to those who believe she like, knows maybe, specifically exactly yeah. um, so I, I don't know I, I find it a very compelling argument. but then you could say well yeah, but she was a child when she left the underground. How did she know it was confined to only America? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, I think it's interesting either way. Hey, yeah, when you start asking those questions, we start getting off the grid, and it's dangerous. All right, guys, <laughs> let's get back on the grid. I think it's important to understand that in both this movie and Now You See Me, our main character is handcuffed to something. <laughs> the, the more things that we compare, that we're finding more similarities. <laughs> uh well anyway yeah that's i think uh that that's that's kind of where i lined mixed on this on the uh twist element of this movie because you really yeah you really gotta just like take it for its thematic face value and then just leave it alone at least that's what i have to do you know no i I agree i that's that's kind of how i'm approaching the film as well i i think the more i tried to uh come up with an explanation for these things i the more i got upset and frustrated with the film so i decided to stop oh that's good that's a healthy decision i think yeah um what did you guys think about the rabbits did you have like i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> i okay one thing i will admit i did read this someone asked him like why rabbits and then he's oh. he his response was i just think rabbits are creepy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, that kind of makes sense. I mean, I was thinking just—I was thinking this more of less on the thematic level, but just more like, well, rabbits are suit. Like, yeah, if you're gonna just try to hands off, have to feed a whole bunch of people with meat, rabbits yep. procreate super fast and they're plentiful. It kind of makes some sort of weird sense. Uh, it reminded me of uh, the Prestige, both visually and thematically. Oh, with all the with all, all the rabbits. Were they rabbits? They were, they were, they were, he they were, was okay. he was. Cloning rabbits and uh, magic right. hats, top hats. It is uh, it is David Bowie Tesla Lab. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I noted the like he always has some song that is very striking, like especially like when that opening credit hits. Yeah. Score was crazy. Same with Get Out. Yeah. 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 Score is so, unsettling. There was a lot did you of guys... long shots. Like yeah, shots true. that really took a long time for the camera to slowly pan yeah. out. 
I like I love that last shot. The whole the last shot of the whole film. I really, really like oh, that. Oh yeah. Because I thought they were gonna like thought it was just gonna fade into the, the countryside, right? That was like and that's just it. They're but then when they pan up and you look across the country and you see the line like I don't know, I really like the visual again, kind of echoing the symmetry where it's kind of dividing it, but just the the helicopters yep. coming in, like what is what's who knows what's gonna happen. I mean it sucks for it is kinda it sucks for all the doppelgangers who have to stand in the middle of the desert. They're not gonna last very long. <laughs> nah. What about the ones that have to go underwater? Well, I think they just went to the coast. They oh, just go went underwater. Yeah, they're just there's not across America. Yeah, and it's was... it's someone's gonna have to send well, the Rio Grande. It's gonna suck for some. I don't people. know how so yeah. many people armed only with scissors were able to kill their doppelgangers, <laughs> considering one family had no trouble dispatching <laughs> yeah, theirs. Look, I, not to mention we have guns. <laughs> also, I mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. Where did they get all the scissors? Where did they get all the red jumpsuits? Where did they get Where all the fingerless us, gloves? Who was in charge? Who was the supervisor for each for each underground station? <laughs> Some guys are like, Again, oh, logistics no, I movie breaks down. Who had to figure yeah. out how to who had to me. figure out how to navigate um, the ninety nine cent store or uh, you know to get up to the surface to buy all this equipment and then organize underground? I yeah. I want to know. Well, the thing is, I don't think they're allowed. They they can't get above ground well, because if they could, yeah. the the Adelaide that went down would just go. Oh wait, I can get back out. All right, cool. What about right? Well, well how did the first yeah. one get out then? She just went up a. Well, that's and that's another big question I have for logistics of the movie. How did it get down? We know the power went out that night, so maybe the escalator stopped working and she could walk up it. Because if you notice, escalator only goes down, down. which is of course uh, metaphorical for the whole class thing. Right? And as we know, if an escalator is going down, it's impossible to climb up. Indeed. Okay. Um, uh, uh, I think that is a metaphorical escalator. Uh, but um, oh, one uh, of those. Yeah, you know, I, I hate those. They're so hard to get back up. Um, uh, well, you you mentioned the music. Did you guys notice the song she's humming the whole film? The, the whistling or whatever. Yeah, she's whistling. I couldn't pick it up because there was blood in their mouth a lot of the time. That is very true. Uh, well, I, well. It's the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, if you think about it, is like, oh, man, that's good. They, they did good with that one. Um, I, I, like those kind of things. And then yeah. there's like other little things you get, I don't know, little little trinkets you notice in that throughout the film. Um, she, you know, she puts on the Thriller shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys, and then their suits are red and they're wearing the one leather yeah, glove. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty nifty. Um, uh, what else? I'm trying to think of oh, all the tapes, all the VHS tapes. Uh, um, I don't think I noticed that. Like in the opening, yeah, scene? The, the opening scene. Um, I, I was trying to remember some of the ones I spotted, but basically we were gonna have to just go back and freeze it on that frame, and every you know every VHS tape is gonna be. Yeah, seen. I did notice that because uh, there was like only one or two that I could read, and I remember them being actually significant, but I forgot right. what they were now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. How could I have forgot? But I remember. Yeah. Thinking like, oh yeah. Well, there was one that was the Goonies. I think one was the Goonies, yeah. and I don't know if that just because it's about underground caves. Yes. <laughs> That's all I was thinking. Yeah, which it's some of the threads I feel like were a little loose. Uh, yeah. No pun intended. But again, but... I think it, more than anything, it was just all about the '80s. Like the, I think again, going back thematically, I think the seeds of this are were planted in the '80s specifically. Like right, right? he could have chosen another in the '90s. It could have happened, right? It could have easily been that. But I think specifically for it to work thematically and kind of be the statement of what he's trying to say, I think it's important that it took place in the '80s. And and then obviously the the visual metaphor, the hands across America with the underground tunnels and blah 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 blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
anyways, well, any any more final thoughts on us? I think we we analyze it pretty well. We are good jobs. We did, we did good job, guys. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I will probably watch it again to take in all the attention to detail yeah. that was crammed into here because as we talked about it, I realized there's a lot. Um, yeah, good solid. And then you know. Compared to horror as a genre in general, it's way better than most of what's floating out there. So, I agree. oh yeah, yeah I, I would say this is another win for Jordan Peele. And I will say it's Tim Heidecker's best. Um, I actually bought him as kind of a normal person. Yeah, I, I liked him. I think he not a all, weird he, Tim and Eric character that somehow <laughs> he made was it still into a pretty a weird guy though. Him, I mean, his yeah. family did feel very much like a family I could see having to interact with at something. Going, oh my gosh, these people. So. I, yeah, I think they were yeah. well cast and they were well written. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess if there's nothing else, I'll take us home. Take me home, country roads. Oh, we went for a different oh, take me home. Man, you did. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, after the credits, the Yum Chunks podcast can be found on several outlets. One of them being our original Yum Chunks YouTube channel. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify and Podient and radio public as well as a few others so if you have a favorite podcast outlet that you like to listen to we're probably on it uh if you want to contact the show you can leave comments on any of those things that have comment sections you can also email us at yumchunks at gmail.com with comments or questions or just a hey how you been we'll read it on the air if we get some ever um <laughs> actually did anyone did, did we receive any emails? actually did we check our email box I didn't. Oops. I could. I could check it real fast. We won't read it. If we did get anything, we'll read it next episode. Because they already listened to we're... this episode. Well, how do you know they're, well, they're going to listen to the next one? Well, may, well, let's see. It probably won't matter because I'm <laughs> guessing we won't have any emails. Um, while I'm while I'm checking it though, Vince, sing us a song. Tell us a joke, Vince. Um, oh, Taco Bell hey. has free delivery. By Grubhub. That's not. That's that no joke. Hilarious. That's my real life, and I live it on a daily basis. <laughs> How dare you? I didn't say that was a joke. You told me You're to tell a joke. Stating facts. Public service They're, announcement. People turn Nacho in, tune in to learn about random state um, alcohol laws and Taco Bell promotions. See, we got some Google security alerts. We got a lot You'd of... be surprised how much random alcohol laws and Taco Bell um, come yeah. into play together. I would be surprised if if we're being honest, because I have no idea what to expect as far as that number is concerned. All right. Well, no, we didn't get an email. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well then, uh, there you go. Those are all the ways to listen to the show and contact us if you want. Um, what, what's, what's coming up next? What do we, th- what do we got next on the horizon? Avengers. Um, event- well, I think before that we got Shazam comes out oh, yeah. fairly you know, soon. Shaz- and- Shazam is in the nineties right now. Shazam! What? Shazam! Oh, on Rotten, rating, to- Rotten Tomatoes has a ninety-three out of seventy-seven reviews. Wow! Yeah, That's let's great. not include Chris on that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris isn't here. We Talk about DC. Shazam sucks. <laughs> We've all seen it. It sucks. We went to a special screening. Shazam sucks. This has been after the credits. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> this has been after the credits. A Young Chunks podcast. <laughs>